This week's episode of Choose Don't Excuse is sponsored by Muscle Donut. Muscle Donuts are gluten-free, baked, never fried, hand-dipped, and packed with 10 grams of protein. That's right, 10 grams of protein. We absolutely love them. If you enjoy living a healthy lifestyle, but donuts are your weakness, check out themusceldonut.com. Aloha. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of Choose, Don't Excuse, where we explore the power of choice in your life. I'm your host, Jody and Judy, and we are always up for a great discussion with you guys. And one of the phenomenal things that we have been blessed with is um, Judy and I have the opportunity, um, especially now that it's summer and I'm no longer teaching seminary is to get up early and actually go and work out together early in the mornings. And I love starting the day out um, with a little spiritual thought and then taking some time to um, be able to go and work out with you. It's just super, super fun. And the nice thing was the gym was not super packed today. So we were able to be able to work out side by side and interact uh, together as we were working out. And I, I just love that part of my day and I and I think it made me realize how blessed we are to be able to have a relationship where we just love love being together um, and I know last week we had a phenomenal week at Cancun just with each other being able to take a respite to take a break you know you had some quiet time where you took a nap underneath the hut and I had some time to go and body surf in the ocean and it was just a great, great time for us to, to be together and to have an escape. Well, and that's nice, too, where we, when you said working out in the morning, I actually, I prefer to work out in the morning, but that doesn't always happen for the fact that, well, we've got different schedules, right? And so yes. the morning time, but if as, as we do that, though, I think it sets our mind and sets our intentions for the day as we invigorate ourselves and invigorate our bodies to um, have the, just, just the energy flowing through us. And that helps with brain flow. Honestly, it helps with the flow of activity and the things that we want to get done in the day, or just, I don't know, my mindset's different when I work out in the morning, as opposed to the evening. Um, I will do both, but I know that if I get myself energized in the morning, I have, I think a different outlook on yeah. things. Um, and that, actually for us, at least for you and me. And I know last, all last week we had the chance to work out together every morning um, in Cancun. That was so nice. Just be able to wake up when we needed to, when our bodies told us to wake up. And then we were able to go and work out and just be together. And, and really that was so rejuvenating. That was so, um, Oh, what's another word for rejuvenating? I mean, it really was, it, it helped recharge our batteries Honestly, um, at least for me, I, I was I, I feel recharged, although yesterday I have to admit yesterday morning it was rough. I had a hard time Monday morning. I had all the intentions of getting up and doing this and that and getting my, you know, all the things I needed to um, do. And whoa, I mean, alarm clock hit and I thought I think I was still on island time. 
<laughs> well, and I think the thing that was so nice about this trip for us that was unique is usually when we go on vacations, we have such a set of activities and yes. things that we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. Whereas this one, we it was just, you know Chill. what? Chill. Let's relax. <laughs> let's go work out. Let's go have brunch. Let's go sit by the the beach and enjoy the ocean and and the wind and the breeze and we got to enjoy a squall together and have the storm come in and actually sit in the rain together and <laughs> it was just it was just very refreshing and I, and I think that's a very important thing that couples need to do is they need to make sure that they take some time to themselves. It doesn't have to be a full week, but you know, take a weekend or you know, make sure that you're having date night or whatever. And it just, to me, it reemphasizes the importance of having that one-on-one time together to, to visit, to play together, to relax. And it just was super recharging. You know, and that's, the funny thing is, is that I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this, Jody, but I noticed that Typically, during our own week, just at home, um, whether we work out together or not, at some point in time, we we have some discussions, and they're deep discussions, and I think you and I enjoy our deep discussions. Yes. Um, but when we were there, we had all the time to discuss, and honestly, <laughs> we actually, did you notice that we actually were more quiet? Yeah, it was just being still and being together. I, I thought was really I I noticed that and I really never even said anything to you I don't know if I just didn't say anything well I don't know I think I just didn't say anything because I was enjoying the fact that we were quiet for a time and I I wonder if it's kind of like you know when you don't have a lot of time to do something you get the job done right then and you you use the time efficiently where so I feel like when we were in Cancun we used our time efficiently in the sense that we don't have to get all our words in and have a deep discussion all in one hour. We had 10 hours. And so we had 24. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what I mean is 10 hours or whatever, 24 yes. in the whole daytime. So it wasn't yeah. like we had a half an hour to discuss all this and we have to get it all done. So we're going to be more efficient about it. We just said, hey, you know, we can talk about it if we want to. We don't have to talk about it if we want to. And on, I think what we needed and that obviously that's what we needed was quiet time was still time yeah because i took the time for my naps like you said and i loved it under the little canopy um and you just enjoyed playing in the water and i like to join in playing in the water too but i knew i didn't have to right and so i i you yeah usually when we're on vacation by the water it's like we got to get in our water time now because we only have so many hours or we have only so many days where i felt like Mm, I can just, yeah, take the time today to do it or not. It yeah. didn't matter. No, it was a great time. And, and I'm just really grateful that we were able to take that time together because I think a lot of times couples don't either make the time or create those moments where they can just be still together. Um, and I think that's an important thing to to do as a couple. Hmm, yeah. And we, well, when we're speaking about deep conversations, we had one this morning. Yes, we <laughs> well, did. We, we, we always seem to have these, I, usually when we're working out, and I think it has to do with the fact that I'm listening to a podcast. I think you're listening to I'm a podcast. Not, yeah, I'm usually So listening. we're usually listening to podcasts, and when we're done, we always convene and discuss it on the way home. And so today, 
I actually had a lot of different topics in my head, but one that struck me mostly. So you go for it, babe. You started off because well, it's like when we were driving home, you you actually asked a question, or we were walking out the door, and you said, "You know, what does it take to create a new habit?" Um, and that really led to a phenomenal discussion um, because you asked a question of. Jody, when was the last time that you had to conscientiously create a new habit? And it made me reflect back on, you know, years ago when we first adopted our kids, we were under such a drastic change in our personal and our family life that you and I needed to take an escape every evening. So every evening about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, once the kids were in bed, we went and took a 30-minute walk. And then that 30-minute walk led to, hey, let's start jogging together. And so that became not only a, a physical and emotional break, but it gave us an opportunity to just visit together and talk about our frustrations, our triumphs, our challenges. And, and it, it created a habit where we had some time together, but it also created a physical habit that led to new habits. So we started out walking and then we're like, you know what, let's start jogging together. So we started jogging and then that change of lifestyle led to us making the decision to to take our first uh challenge of doing a half marathon on so we did the Dido potato run and then we you know that challenge was phenomenal we were like oh you know what let's take on uh the roby creek race and i think that is a critical thing is that as you're as you start developing new habits in life it actually leads to new opportunities that you maybe would have never considered pursuing if you hadn't built that small foundation, that small change of habit in your lifestyle that led to a whole new transition within your life. And it became not just a habit, but it became part of who we were as a couple and who we were as individuals. And up until that point, I was kind of adverse to to tra to doing exercise. Right. I know. And the the thing about that is when <laughs> I almost said something about that because of your um, seriously, folks. He had such. I, I had been already teaching group fitness extra, you know, group fitness classes. Um, back then in the 80s, we called it aerobics and um, jazzercise was a big thing then, but I did not teach jazzercise. But anyways, I mean, I was into the fitness realm, um, more so workouts, exercise, where when I met Jody in 86, he was more of, I just want to play sports. I don't want to go run or bike or, I mean, I'll bike or if I, weight. I'll bike <laughs> if I have to, you know, if I'm going to go, um, you know, ride a bike around the trails or whatever, just something for fun, but lifting weights, um, running, any of those things were not something that, um, was, uh, that, that to you was considered exercise as opposed to a sport. Like you wanted to play baseball or, or football or soccer or basketball or yes. racquetball. And I wasn't one of those team sport people. I wanted to exercise. So it was fine. We did our own separate things and actually, um, I was able to learn how to water ski and all those different things that, you know, I just, and, and snow ski, 
with him. So that was cool. But but when you talked about you creating this new habit, that was really, I mean, that was after how many years of marriage then? Let's 28? See. No. Or no, 22? Yeah, that would be about 22, maybe 21 years of marriage. And he started to want to, well, walking with me was just like a stroll because we needed to discuss stuff. But when he started running, here's the thing that I didn't realize would be a new habit for you, but it that's what it became. I don't think we decided, hey, I got to create a new habit. It was more, honestly, this situation was more about um, out of necessity, out of survival, out of, you know, surviving our own relationship, nourishing our relationship. It was more out of, I'll say necessity, really, that we needed an outlet and then a new a new habit was formed i don't think you knew that a new habit would be formed and for me running was definitely not something i enjoyed doing i i hated to run right so that was also a new habit that i created not realizing i was going to create it so i'm looking at with with that aspect yes a new habit was formed but that was out of necessity what about habits though that are needing to be formed because you want them to be formed. I'm talking about like creating it as a lifestyle, as part of your routine, like brushing your teeth. To me, that brushing your teeth is a habit, a lifestyle habit that we all have. Um, most of us. <laughs> I shouldn't say all, but I guess most of us have. So how do you create a habit that you want to happen. Like we didn't say, Oh, I want to run. And you didn't, you didn't say that either. It just, just happened. But what? Yeah. No, but I, but I think that we recognize that we needed to change something within our life that would enable us to have a respite from the emotional and, and uh, spiritual challenges that were going on with the changes in our life. And I think that with any new habit, it is precipitated by some recognition that you need to change an aspect of your life. And when you recognize that change is needed and it's enough of a driver to force you or motivate you to change something in your life, it catapults you into a new habit. The challenge that I see a lot of times is that people want to create a new habit, but they don't have a powerful why of why they want to make the change. Like, for for example, often um, people will say, oh, I have a 20-year reunion. I got to get in shape. And they're using an event to get changed, but it's not enough of a motivation to last after the reunion. And so I think that is a key differentiator is if a habit moves from just being a habit and becomes a lifestyle, it's when it becomes, it transitions into core value of who you are. So when that transition happens, and, and then you, well, then I think then you've developed and discovered something more of yourself at the same time. Yes. Um, that happens as well. Um, I think of conditions that are attached to the new habit that you want to create, I think that's what you're saying is the condition or the why. The condition is the why, or the why is the condition. Yes. Okay. So if you say, I mean, okay, how about this? 
I mean, I know I work with others or work with people with, especially in the, in the health part and the fitness and, um, wellness. And I know some that, um, some of my clients that will have a situation where they have to, because of doctor's orders saying, look, we're going to put you on medication. If you don't start, if you don't try to lose some weight and change some of your habits and those kind of things, whatever. Okay. So then that why there's that condition placed by a physician, but for some reason is still not strong enough for that person to continue and make the change and make the habits part of their life. So and what I, happens, What what's your answer there? For I, I mean, I, Was that just not drastic enough that they're going to be put on medication? I guess not. Well, I think in that case, they it's that the change is being imposed upon them instead of it coming from an internal drive to change their life and i think a lot of times we when a change is being imposed on us we do it begrudgingly we don't do it because we want to our heart is not fully into it we feel robotic in the approach it's like oh i gotta do this and so the mental change isn't in there because it's not driven from the heart and i think about a gentleman that i'm really inspired by you can check him out on instagram his name is miles taylor he's a gentleman that has cerebral palsy right and he's gotten um into weightlifting and trying to do the very best within the the capabilities and abilities that he has to strengthen his life. And so there's an internal drive that is pushing him through and past his own perceived inabilities. And he's achieving new things because it's being driven within something that's driving him internally. It's not him being imposed on him from the outside. So how do you find what that internal drive is for you? Yeah, that's probably the most challenging question of how are you going to make a life change? Because I think that at the core is, are you unhappy or are you you know, discontent where you currently are and are you willing to pay the price to make the change to get where you want to become? Okay, I'm going to use myself an example okay. as an example. <laughs> um, I have always been a night owl. I could stay up super, super, super late and then, you know, obviously that just means for me not to be a morning person. <laughs> And I know that if I say I'm not a morning person, well, then I won't be a morning person. I know that because that's just, I'm telling myself that. So that's what it is. So I've worked on telling myself I am a morning person so that I can change my mindset to say, you are a morning person. You can get up in the morning early. Um, so do I stay up late at night? Late is a percept, uh, I guess, perspective it's on what it's relative. Yeah. On what you think is late. So me, my late used to be midnight, 1am. I really know now that, I mean, I just can't go past seriously 11 and start, I start pushing it past 10 and 11. I'm pretty much, you know, toast in my head. My, it's mush. I can't really think anymore. So why stay up? But there's some things that I let, um, I'm choosing to let get in the way so that I, I do stay up. Well, okay. So lately I've been 
working on uh, going to bed earlier and so that I will get up um, in the morning early enough. Well, now if you've been watching my stories, I've been having a hard time sleeping and I'm having a rough night sleeping, meaning I wake up in the middle of the night and um, I won't wait and I then I won't go back to sleep. And then when I finally do, it's close to when I actually need to wake up. And I'm trying to wake up about 5 a.m. So I'm trying to create this new habit of waking up. It's rough when I'm not able to sleep through the night. So I know that I need to fix the fact that I need to sleep through the night. And whatever those factors are that are keeping me up, I'm trying to, I'm working to figuring out, I'm working on figuring out how to, um, how to remedy that. But even though I am not able to sleep through the night, if I had, when I used to have a full-time outside job that I wasn't, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I had to be there at a certain time, I would still get up regardless if I wasn't sleeping, if I wasn't sleeping through the night. Now that I don't have that, I'll call it, call it a motivation to actually get up and get to a job, you know, obviously I don't want to get fired. I'm like, you know, I, I need to show up for somebody else. I need to show up for that, you know, company. And I was dedicated to them. You know, I definitely needed to be there. So I will get up regardless if I had two hours of sleep and I would go. So how do I still have that fire in me as I work for myself now? that I still need to get up. Yes, I can set my own hours. I'm thinking, oh, well, you know what? I can set my own hours and I can go to sleep. I can sleep a little bit longer and then just kind of push out my schedule. And that is the beauty. That is the beauty of being able to work for yourself is that you can set your own schedule. But there are other things that go into play in my life that I can set my schedule, but yet I still need to be available for my family at this time and, and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a domino effect. If I don't get up when I want, when I say I need to get up and accomplish the tasks that I have that day, then it sets a domino effect for the next day and the next day and the next day. And then it, it just, you know, it doesn't make me feel good. So what I'm trying to, I'm wanting to understand the condition that I need to set for myself. And I'm, I'm saying this for anybody else because these are excuses that I'm making. I know it. I feel like it's excuses. It's probably because that's the standard I put for myself. I need to make a choice and not make excuses. That's my standard. So what condition do I, do I feel or should I place on myself so that I say, I got to get up regardless if I had two hours of sleep, get up, get going and move. What I said to myself today, because I told my team this as well, is I said, I know that I can set also a 10 minute nap throughout the day if I need that. So that's where my, where I'm at right now. Well, and the thing that kind of resonated with me as you were sharing that is that why do you give accountability to other people, but you don't give the same accountability to yourself? Because when you have a job and you know you have to be there at 830, even though you've had a horrible night and it's been tough sleeping and the alarm goes off, yeah, you may hit snooze, but you inevitably roll out and show up and you go go to work because 
there is an accountability level that you feel within your heart that you have to meet for that individual. How do we give ourselves that same accountability and go, you know what, I'm doing this for me. I'm invested in myself, I'm working for myself, I'm pursuing this goal for myself, and I'm going to set myself the same accountability, if not higher accountability, because I'm doing it for me. So when you said it that way, I actually remember um, writing this quote down, um, and it had to do with, I think, a story I must have read. And I, I remember thinking, do I love myself enough to owe it to myself. So maybe that accountability, why am I accountable accountable to others or why do we do that where we're like, okay, we'll show up for them, but we won't show up for me. Is it because I don't love myself enough? Do I don't think I'm worth it enough? Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like, or I can, I, you know, good questions. I mean, I think this is something where um, uh, we need to explore, I need to explore more about myself. I mean, I feel like I have confidence that I feel like I love myself enough, but maybe in that area, I'm not thinking that it's that much of a priority to myself. I, you know, I don't know. That's good question. Well, and I think it's an important thing for everybody to ask, because I think a lot of times when we start a new habit or we start a new lifestyle, you know, the first time we encounter the tribulation or the challenge of it, it's easy to go, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah this is too hard and it's really not for me. It's, it's for somebody else. And it's interesting because when we were driving, you made a statement. It's like, it's proven for somebody else. The question is, is it proven for you? Because you can look at other people's success in business and family relationships and 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 uh, health and fitness, whatever you can you can see that if you take a certain course of action and you're patient and diligent and you work hard and are dedicated to it over time, you will achieve the result. The problem is is that when that that dip of the challenge hits you. It's like, you know what, this isn't just for me. And so why don't we have the internal fortitude and dedication and commitment to ourselves and maybe like you said, love for ourselves to go, you know what, I am worth it. I'm going to push through this dip of, of an experience and I'm going to overcome so that I can get to where I want to be. Okay. No, I, I, I like that a lot. That's... <laughs> We need to revisit that whole section that you just said once again at the end of this podcast. But there's something that I want to ask you about with, with um, creating this the new habits. Do you find, did you ever find, okay, let's just, you know, you've always been a morning person. Let's just go back to the running, walking thing that created a new habit for you. Okay. Became exercise. Was there ever a time in there when you started to exercise? Did you realize that became a new habit? Did you think that of that as a new habit, a new love, a new? Yes. Okay. So then, but did you ever find like, okay, I created this new habit and then there's some days you weren't going to do it. Yeah. And that's an interesting thought because it's, as we were starting to begin 
this new habit, I recognized that often when we started to run, like we started go, all right, let's run a mile. And then the, then we would stretch it to three miles. And three miles was kind of like the bar for a while. And what was really interesting is that the first mile to mile and a half, it was almost like, drudgery and just like oh how am I going to get past the mile and a half and I knew that if I could get past the mile the mile and a half all of a sudden all of the dopamine and the endorphins would kick in and I would feel good once I got past that mile and a half yeah all of a sudden I felt great and and I recognized that as I became stronger that 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 window of feeling you know frustrated or not feeling comfortable actually shortened and yes I still had it because my body needed to get moving but it was a really interesting thing is that once I pushed through that challenging point all of a sudden my body woke up my mind woke up and I felt great and I started to look forward to all of a sudden that rush of all right, we're we're in the groove. Let's start running. And the next thing I know, it's like, you know what? I feel great at three. Let's push it another mile. And because I had mentally and physically recognized that I had made a transition and now I was ready to go to the next phase. And it started to become a part of me and it started to become, some, become something that not only that I craved, but something that I looked forward to. Because okay. it had transitioned from just being a habit that I was trying to do into a habit that was becoming part of me that was rejuvenating to my body and soul. Okay, so now as you passed all those and, and pushed through those challenging times, now it's just been a part of you where you, whether it's working out, lifting or running or whatever, the, but now you want to exercise where exercise used to be. Um, a, an F word to you. Oh yeah. Now I look <laughs> forward to it. Right? It was, it was the bad word. You're like, I'm not going to do that. It was a cuss word to you. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, if now I you miss look forward it, to I it. feel it. Okay. So let me back up a bit. Here's what I'm at wanting to find out. Were there times there where you're like, yeah, I want to run today. And then no, I don't want to run today. And then I want to run today. And then maybe, maybe you do that for um, you know, a few days of running and like, man, my body's tired. I'm tired. I need to rest or whatever. What I'm asking is, did you ever have or setbacks? And then you got yourself back up. Oh, and sure. Absolutely. Okay. So here's what I'm discovering as we are talking about this, about myself, um, particularly, and this could help our listeners is that I realize that with this morning person thing that I'm trying to become, that I want to work at to become, I'm actually not sure why I want to be such a morning person. I really don't know. But for some reason, I think it's just because, I don't know, I know that when I have, when I do get up in the morning and I do get my workout in and I get all, you know, I really do set my tone for a better day. Okay, that's probably why. That I just, I remember now why. So, and I get more accomplished. That's just me, Okay. So I really want this. Here's what I'm discovering as I'm dis discussing this with you is that this morning routine actually started. It wasn't just this week or just this month or even just this year. I really started this morning routine three years ago when I discovered Miracle Morning. Do you remember that? Yes. So I remember having such an, a Miracle Morning is by Hal, Hal and Oh gosh, Elrod, 
I think that's his. Anyways, it's the book Miracle Morning by Hal. And with my Beachbody team, we were reading this book together and working and going through the processes together and saw the benefits. Um, I saw the benefits for myself and it was great for a time there was great. And then certain things were going on and I feel like I had such a setback and then I went back to it again. And in another little, another setback or I call them setbacks, but really what I'm discovering is they were just like you're saying, they were transitions, not necessarily setbacks. They were transitions in challenges that helped me get to the next level because now Okay, here, you be honest with me. Be honest with me and their listeners. From way back when I first started that, you saw me and you even commented to me about my mornings. And now where I'm at today, I think I'm not cutting myself enough slack that I actually am becoming a morning person. And because I've been having a couple weeks of rough night's sleep, I'm using that to and I'm using that as a measure of going, oh gosh, I'm not a morning person. When if I look back three years ago and prior to that where I was. And so these transitions or these challenges are actually transitions to the next level, maybe. You no, I, I agree hundred percent. And I look at it and that's an interesting benchmark because if you look at what you were doing as far as the organization of your day and the way you spent your day three years ago is completely different than now. I mean, you take time for personal study, for personal develop. You do time blocking to organize your day and your time. And you set aside certain times that you're going to do certain things. And that is a completely different Judy than three years ago, right? And that has become through you diligently going, you know what, I'm going to implement these little changes in my life. I'm going to keep a, a Thanksgiving uh, thanks journal. I'm going to do my goals and aspirations. And all of that is brand new. Well, relatively brand new. It's been going on for the last three years and it's become a part of you. It's not just a habit. It's actually you go, oh, I, I haven't done my early morning uh, personal study time this morning. I need that. I need to make time for that. And that has been an exciting thing to watch your personal development over the last three years since reading that book. Okay, so just so you know, listeners, you can't see this, but I've got tears in my eyes just thinking. I can get emotional, guys. I really can. It's hormones, I know. But thinking about this, folks, friends, here's the thing that I'm just discovering as we discuss this that habits, it's because, um, sorry, lots of thoughts in my head. <laughs> it's because I know I put a lot of pressure on myself. That's just who I am. And so, you know, I'm trying to, I'm working at chilling out. I think that's why the week last week was so important. But that habits aren't created overnight. Habits are not created overnight. Habits aren't created in a month. Habits aren't created in a year. Habits are created over time. And that time is going to be um, evident 
for you, according to you, and your timeline, and nobody else's. So don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up if you haven't created that habit that you want. Say that you want to, oh, you've, you've want to create a habit where you're like, I'm not going to drink soda anymore. And then you say, quote unquote, take a relapse, have a relapse and you have a soda. That's not a relapse. That's you transitioning and learning and growing. It's not a mistake. You, because if you look back at how far you've gone from where you were drinking soda, you know, 10 drinks a day, as opposed to now you're having just two, come on, that's, that's amazing. And that's the, um, that's the habit, the new habit you're creating that you want for yourself. So it will take time. And I know that I probably have said that. I know I've said this to my clients. Isn't it funny how we say it and want to do it for other people and know the formula for other people, yet it's hard for us to practice it ourselves or really know the formula for ourselves? It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much more I can say about I, this. I think the power of what you just shared is that there is really power in benchmarks. We tend to get caught up in the day-to-day minutiae of I'm not making progress, I'm failing in this aspect, or I should have done this, and we're never taking the time to go, where was I a month ago? Where was I six months ago? Where was I a year ago? Where was I three years ago? And when you look at a longer period of time, then you see the actual change and transition that has come from your life from the point that you started and made the decision to make a a change in your life to develop a new habit and that habit over time has developed into a new characteristic of who you are as an individual and that's the beauty and the strength of sticking with and making the decision to create new habits in your life. Because they are the foundational launching points and the transitional steps to enable us to become the best version of ourselves. Well, and the fact that when you just said seeing the benchmarks, if you read any kind of self-help books or listen to the podcast or whatever, there and, and actually it's what I train my clients to do, track. Track, track, track yourself. You, I have a journal. I should, I didn't start my journal except for this past year, but I can see some different, other different changes in myself. Um, how it, it is because of tracking. Even if it's not tracking as in I did this this day, it's just the way you're speaking and writing or something. Just journal it. And you'll see the progression. It's because we don't see the minute changes that happen that become huge. They build. It's called the compound effect. As you consistently do it, we can, we have, you know, let's think about um, addictions that you want to overcome. You, as you do it slowly and 
progressively and consistently and you keep working at it and you know that inevitably sometimes you'll fall back again and again, quote unquote, relapse, that you can pick yourself back up and continue on. It's not a relapse. It's part of the transition. It's part of the process. Exactly. And so they're not relapses. They're, it's part of the growing and the developing. We just have to accept that that's what it is and not beat ourselves up about it. I know that's what I do. Okay. And, and that's obviously something that Judy needs to work on is that it's not, um, it's not a relapse. It's not, it's, it's not a time to beat yourself up. It's actually a time to say, Whoa, I'm hitting that point. That means the transition is going to happen. That means I'm going, that's, it means I'm pushing to the next level. That's probably where you're going to be. I got to rejoice with this. I'm having the struggle because I'm, I'm getting to the next level. Really, that just actually came to me just now. <laughs> that actually just came to me right now. That it's the next thing. So, hey, when you're going to when you're going to have those transition times or when you're going to have those quote-unquote relapses of what you think it is, that's transitioning to the next level. Yeah, and I I that I mean, what more can you say about that? I I just I love and and because you brought up the standpoint of three years ago, I love the thought of as I reflect on the transition and the growth that you have had over the last three years, I have been and continue to be inspired by what you have been doing to be a, a part of that journey, but also to witness your own journey. And I think that is a critical thing is that we recognize that it is a journey of of growth and of transition and of becoming the best version of ourselves. And it all starts with an internal choice to make a change in our life. That change doesn't have to be a ton of different changes. No. Just one. It start with one and focus on the one. And the one enables you to build to the next phase when you're ready to make the next one or the next two. The key is continually progressing and growing and developing new habits that build the character and the person that we want to become. So I, I have truly, truly loved this conversation. And, and I've, it's just, I hope that you guys are on a personal journey of growth. And one of the beautiful things about us doing this podcast together is it enables us to articulate and reflect and recognize the, our own personal growth journey as in individuals and as couples. And, you know, we truly, truly do appreciate that you take the time to listen to us. If there's things that you would like us to discuss, please give us a shout, send us an email, send us an Instagram story post or whatever. We are here not only as a journey for ourselves, but hopefully a journey for you in helping you make the best choices possible to bring about the best version of yourself in your life. So thank you for joining us. Remember to subscribe and share and mahalo. mahalo.